Hello, Elwood City Limits listeners. Welcome, because this is a very special day, hopefully in your life, but certainly in mine and in the history of the show. This is Will Young, uh, one of your normal hosts here, and we are going to get into a little bit of a mailbag special. It's actually a little bit of a grab bag here, not just a mailbag, because we've got some emails to answer. I've got a big announcement, and we're going to be uh, welcoming a recent guest back onto the show for a little bit of extra Arthur content. So this kind of fits into the ECL Extra category. It fits into the mailbag show. I'm going to have a hard time naming this one. Uh, Yeah, so welcome, everyone. I'm glad to have you here. This is a big, big thing, and I will tell you why at the Patreon announcement. So the main thing is that I wanted to start off with your emails because, of course, I'm sure you were expecting them to be answered on the most recent episode, but given the fact that we had a guest and uh, usually the guest episodes tend to run a little longer, I wanted to give them the, I wanted to give you the attention that you deserve. And speaking of attention that is deserved, I want to give a lot of love to our patrons. And the reasons, of course, I think are obvious, but will also become a bit more obvious as this episode goes along. So, our patrons consist of Aaron DeFilippo and Alex, Caitlin Harrington and Chander LaFave Boten, Christine Wong, CRS, Stan Mike Dawson Silva, Emily Kay and Froppy, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John DeLong, John Griswold, Kat, Kaylin Krogall, Kevin Noon, Kristen, Leanne S., Light Relentless, Macy Ball, Marlo Stanfield, Michaela Gibson, Pretty Cool Stairs, Rachel Pearson, Riley Stevens, Shayna Bennett, Stella Teresa, and William. Thank you, one and all. Love you. Love you, love you, love you. And even if you're not a patron, love you too. I'm glad that you're here. So, we are going to head over to ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. And we're going to see what has been awaiting us and what you have been waiting for. All right, let's open this first email. It is from Kelsey, who says, this is an email titled, Arthur and Mental Health. I think it might have been uh, last week or the week before, probably a lot longer. There was an email asking if Arthur would do more episodes on mental health. They lightly talked about the possibility of Ratburn being depressed in one episode, so I don't know if they would go back to that subject or not. I do think that they would be open to discuss depression with kids. I feel like discussing ADHD would be harder to talk about without the possibility of stereotyping, in my personal opinion but I would love to see ADHD and depression represented. I feel like after the Mr. Ratburn and the Special Someone episode, they have more free will to do these types of harder episodes. I also think that they could discuss in an episode about alcohol abuse, since they have mentioned that alcohol exists in their universe in a few episodes. Uh, there's a bit of a lighter note here, but let's, uh, let me talk about this uh, first. Um, of course, I think that um, Kids Media has a really unique perspective in terms of tackling more sensitive issues, let's say, or issues with a lot more nuance. When you're presenting it to a child's audience, you have an opportunity to talk to them on a level as equals, and and also from a place of respect, because, I mean, at least when I was a kid, I respected the heck out of cartoons, so when they had something to say, I listened. Now, this doesn't always go great. I don't know if you've ever heard of cartoon all-stars to the rescue, but it's, uh, you know, when this kind of backfires a little bit, so you want to refrain from being too preachy, and sometimes when we're in the middle of a, um, 
a burgeoning cause, let's say, it can be easy to take a stance and then have that not age terribly well. So I always think that you should go into these types of episodes, this type of content with um, with every with every side in mind. But you also need to pick a like I, I'm not really into the whole, you know, centrism kind of thing. I, th- I feel like you need to come out and be in support, especially when we're talking about, let's let's say, um, depression or ADHD, or you can put that against you know mental health in general, or if you're representing an underrepresented community. I think these days we need to be clear in children's media where we stand with kids because there is room for nuance and subtlety in kids' media, but there's also you know we're dealing with developing brains here, so sometimes you have to you have to be a little bit more direct. So all this to say, I agree, Kelsey. I hope that they would do this more in the future. But of course, uh, you have to have a bit of a light touch with it. You, you have, you, unfortunately, we can't do this for every single episode, or else it ends up being a little, it can be a little bit depressing, a little bit preachy, uh, a little bit more educational. And Arthur is also a fun show. So uh, as long as they're able to keep that balance, I'm okay with it. On a lighter note, what type of music do you think Patrick Ratburn's husband? is in uh patrick ratburn is interested in uh for some reason and i think maybe because he kind of looks like him i see him listening to a lot of hamilton a lot of like lin manuel miranda kind of like uh hip-hop and kind of smooth maybe r&b type of i i don't know i'll also also uh pop he seems like a bit of a poppy guy as well thanks kelsey we go now to Dylan, who says dear will and lucas i thought you might enjoy this little tidbit of my blog i just wrote uh, uh, Dylan wanted to say that I did read your blog, um, and thank you very much. I don't know if you want me to share that. Uh, it is it gets a little bit personal, and uh, I appreciate that, Dylan. I did read that and uh, and pass it along to Lucas as well. And I want to say thank you for uh, for doing that. This next one is from Ike. Hey guys, I wanted to give you a heads up about season nine. This was the season I grew up watching, and I really like it. There are some really good things about this season, such as Lucas getting his wish of more Arthur episodes. Yes. Uh, I mean, I wanted that too, but yeah, Lucas was a lot more vocal than me. Episodes 3, 5, 6, and 7 are all Arthur-focused episodes, as well as Arthur showing up in most of the other ones. Some character duos we get to see this season are Arthur and Molly. Oh, okay, great, cool. DW and Tommy. Brain and Francine, as well as George and Buster, which we've already seen. But it's not going to be them working with each other, more of George versus Buster. Buster in the episode Buster the Mythmaker will go full InfoWars. Okay, here we go. That's going to be, you guys, that's going to be a real good episode, I got a feeling. Unfortunately, we only get one real binky episode, but it's going to leave a permanent change to the character. Oh, this is great. I love this. Teasing the season ahead, because, again, I have no idea what's in store. So, Emily will also be getting an episode episode this season which I couldn't care less for hmm. well, so I'll have to see about that one so have fun with this season and just one last thing the animal hierarchy will reach an all time high in confusion in episode 4 so keep watch for that it will be unforgettable Ike um, I, I'm i going to leave this out there I think we should have more previews of the season uh, from you or anybody else uh, now so see, season 9 that's definitely wet my appetite uh, but for the seasons ahead I think uh, that's uh, that's a good idea sounds like a good idea to me we go now to Norbert, who wishes us a happy new year. I agree with you guys on Brain's voice. It's always bothered me how it seems that whenever a cartoon replaces a child voice actor, the replacement has a much higher voice. It was especially disappointing in Hey Arnold, the Jungle Movie, where Arnold and Gerald's new voice actors have higher voices than the previous ones, despite the characters being two years older than in the original series 
and there already being an episode all about Gerald starting puberty. I remember that one. On Moonlight Bay. Uh, causing his voice to deepen. You have good instincts on Brain seeming older because, spoiler, a later episode reveals that Brain was held back a year in kindergarten and is the same age as Binky and Prunella. What? <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa, brother. Speaking of previews of new episodes. Oh, that's cr- that's wild. I think we just broke some... They just broke me. Like, I... Oh, oh man. Wow. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think about that one. That's oh, I can't wait. I can't wait till Lucas finds out. This is gonna be great. Thank you, Norbert, for giving me a lot to chew on. All right, our final two are a bit uh, longer ones, which we do appreciate. That again, wanted to make sure that they got enough time and attention. This first one's from Matthew, April 9th, theory and more. I think my last email was during season seven, and I never let you guys know of a theory I have about the cause of the school fire in April 9th. I think Arthur's dad lied about the faulty wiring at the school as a cover-up for his cooking gone horribly wrong. You'll remember that the intro to the episode shows Mr. Reed in a rush because he forgot about the school catering job. His rushing around the school would be an easy way to start some kind of a fire accident while cooking. And it would explain why it took him so long to get out of the school while all the students were outside and Arthur was frantically looking for his dad. He was probably trying to extinguish the flames and maybe Mr. Morris was injured trying to help him. Thoughts? Uh, I think we got... Excuse me. Uh, Speaking of Infowars, I think we got a little bit of a conspiracy theory here. I'm for it, though. Like, hey, in terms of conspiracy theories, I'd rather be they be in cartoons than in real life. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a really interest, interesting take. I want to say that I think that we've seen Dad have kitchen mishaps before, but I don't know about, like, setting an entire kitchen on fire. So I'd like to think that he's telling the truth. But, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And you never, and you never know. It could have just been one of those things. Like you said, he was in a hurry. So maybe uh, things just got out of hand. I like uh, it's it's an interesting idea though. Continuing with the April 9th comments, I've always felt that this is one of the best episodes of Arthur. Every kid goes through fire drills at school, so the whole idea of school fires is instantly relatable and memorable for kids. It really works well as an ensemble episode, and like Arthur does time and time again, it pushes the boundaries of where children's show can go and still be effective. When this episode aired, I would have been in third grade, basically within the Arthur viewing demographic. I probably would have been, uh, was that season seven? So I would have been closer to grade six, I want to say. And Lucas, I want, that would probably, probably be right around your age there, Matthew, maybe grade two or three. Uh, even at that age, I didn't really put two and two together that this story was a metaphor for 9-11. But since it was one of the first double-length episodes, it was pretty easy to notice the importance of the episode right away. I didn't realize all the parallels to the events of 9-11 until I was older. As you mentioned on the show, it works well whether you understand the connection or not, which I believe is a huge strength of the episode, especially since it deals with such a heavy topic of traumatic experiences. By the way, do you... Uh, okay, sorry, squishing gears here a little bit. Do you remember watching Wishbone in the 90s? There was an episode where the kids went to an abandoned barn which caught fire while they were inside against their parents' permission. It was a pretty intense scene for a kid's show, and I remember it really scared me when I was young. We never really see the fire in Arthur, so a true scare factor is missing. But still, it's an emotional and important episode. I, I, I did watch Wishbone. I don't have a lot of memories of it. I have more memories of reading the books that Wishbone would put out of, like, the television show and redoing. Like, I had one that was, like, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So, uh, 
Yeah, that's more what I remember than, and I, of course I remember the Wishbone intro very, very well. I could move on to my thoughts about Season 8, but honestly, I don't have much to say. It wasn't a very standout season. As someone who has seen every episode of the series multiple times, I can say that Season 8 is the beginning of a shift towards more weird stories, as it was mentioned in your recap episode, which isn't bad, but it's hard to tell where to draw the line with weird fantasy sequences. A simple down-to-earth Arthur episode is hard to come by in the next few seasons. I also agree with your thoughts about Postcards from Buster. The spinoff series never really appealed to me as a kid, though I still watched it daily after school. There are occasional scenes in Lakewood Elementary, and somewhere we see Arthur watching the videos from Buster, which which helps bring the show back to its roots in Elwood City. Obviously, the show was never as successful as Arthur, but I'm sure having it set in the Arthur universe, to some degree, helped carry it along. Looking forward to listening to your discussions of Season 9. My local PBS just aired Castles in the Sky and Tipping the Scales this morning, so I was pleased to watch and listen to your latest episode discussing the same episode in the same day. And that's from Matthew, a.k.a. Pretty Cool Stairs, one of our newer patrons. Thanks, Matthew. And finally, we have uh, an email from Rachel Pearson. Speaking of patrons, uh, howdy, folks. Rachel's back. Multiple listeners have gotten on the subject of neurodivergent representation, as specifically suggesting that Buster is ADHD and wanting the show to explore that. I'm ADHD myself, and while I certainly see what they mean f- with Buster, I admit that at first I had very conflicted feelings on the idea. ADHD, like autism, is a spectrum. There are three recognized variations. Type 1, predominantly inattentive, formerly known as ADD. Type 2, predominantly hyperactive and impulsive. Type 3, combination of the two. All forms of ADHD are largely misunderstood, and I would never want to put down anyone's headcanons that make them feel represented. Yet at the same time, quite a bit of fictional ADHD representation is the quote-unquote weird friend, a hyperactive, not terribly intellectual, prepubescent boy with poor grades and unusual mannerisms mostly treated as a joke. Think Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. Being primarily inattentive type, I really didn't identify much with that archetype as a child, and I worry that it can it can enforce some stereotypes. However, I re-examined my stance when I re-watched Season 2's Buster Hits the Books. Even if Buster fits the stereotype on a basic level, Arthur still added far more nuance than I was giving the show credit for. The episode is essentially about the characters mistaking symptoms for a lack of intelligence, which, yeah, I can relate to. When I was in the second grade, I did poorly on the school's reading exam because the book was significantly below my reading level and I was too bored to retain it. My teacher, who was kind of awful for a number of reasons, apparently insisted to my parents that I could not read, kept me in the lowest level reading groups, and suggested me for basic classes the next year. Luckily, my parents were on the ball, they read with me often, and knew how much I read independently, but I wonder how my life would have been different if that hadn't been. It's so important that this episode showed children with any sort of learning difficulty that their struggles do not make them dumb, no matter what other people assume, and that there can be more to poor performance than a lack of ability. I took a teaching class in college where Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes was used to illustrate smart kids with learning differences, and I think this episode would be similarly valuable. Still, I would also love a portrayal of an ADHD child that strays further from society's general image of the condition, maybe one who sits quietly with their mind wandering rather than display physical symptoms symptoms, struggles with anxiety and intense emotional states, and manages to get good grades by the skin of their teeth using a myriad of coping mechanisms, healthy or otherwise. That was a really interesting email, and Rachel, I think, is a little bit um, self-conscious about the length of them, but I have so far have found them very informative, and I hope that you, listener, have as well. Um, the only thing that I will say to that, because I think Rachel uh, made quite a, quite a few good points is that I hope that 
with Arthur and with other children's shows that are being made now. There's more of an attempt to represent the fact that children learn differently, which is not something that I feel was represented very well when I was young. And it's sort of something I'm still wrapping my head around right now, but I think it's just the fact that there are different ways that people learn. And it's just it's as different as you and I are. You might find one way better and me differently. I, I, I spent a lot of my time in school th- from elementary or, or grade school to, uh, to high school, you know, try, uh, figuring out what worked for me and what didn't and why, like, just straight up, like, studying has never been very good for me. I need a very specific type of um, fact learning and uh, interaction with you know, uh, course material and stuff like that in order for me to retain it and why just, like, memorizing it didn't help. And I feel like a lot of times, and this is easy for me to say because I'm not a teacher or an administrator, there seems to be a lot of focus on outcomes rather than, you know, actual learning. So trying to fit uh, essentially square pegs into round holes, uh, trying to fit kids who learn differently into just this one simple mold. And I mean, people will tell you about the underfunded school systems in various countries and how, you know, I wish that it could be as utopian as having every child learn their own way. But um, yeah, I found that email very interesting and I would like to see more educational diversity. I'm all I'm all for diversity in children's media, maybe educational diversity to represent the kids who uh, just learn differently from the rest of us, but are just as smart if not more intelligent. And that's all our emails. If you want an email right on the show, send it over to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Okay, so this is time for the big announcement. Now, the last time I had a big announcement it concerning the Patreon, it was about the fact that we couldn't do the filibuster episodes anymore. In fact, we were scaling back episodes in general. And that was because between this and my day job and my other um, responsibilities, it was getting to be a bit much. And uh, we did see a bit of a drop off in patrons, which I don't, I don't begrudge any of you at all if you uh, if you uh, lowered your donation or if you bowed out altogether. That's totally fine. I completely understand. But things have changed for me at least because the job that I've had for the last two years, um. I quit. Like, I left. Uh, Friday was my last day. Uh, recording this on Monday the 27th, so the 24th was my last day. And the straight truth of, truth of it was it was making me very, very unhappy. It was a, it was a customer service job at a uh, local um, parking company. So essentially I was working at, like, a, uh, a parking lot downtown. And it was not... Very good for many reasons. Very good for me, I should say. And my mental health suffered as a result, as did the things that I really want to do, which is not related to parking. As a matter of fact, it happens to be this podcast and other things that I like to do. I'm trying to make a go of becoming a a writer, more of a writer, and I want to be a more dedicated podcaster as well. So I apologize for kind of giving you the runaround here, but this has been just... Life changes, you know, and I decided to make this change. It is one of the scariest things I've ever done because now uh, I don't have a steady source of income. I'm still like I still have a bit of money. Don't worry. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to 
<laughs> I'm not going to go hungry or anything. But now I really have to put my best foot forward. And so in talking about it with Lucas, we want to make more content for you and for the Patreon. Because I'll tell you this. Uh, I mean, I've said this before. The Patreon money has been a big help in paying off the monthly fee that we have for hosting the podcast. Um Huge. It's that's basically the money that we have right now pays for the podcast and little else because you know half of that goes to Lucas, half of it goes to me, and most of my half is taking care of the uh, podcast hosting fees, which is fine. But now it's a different situation. Now it's I, you know, need to think about unfortunately how to make money. I really wish I didn't have to focus on that, but it is uh, it's a new life that I'm trying to make. So, in recognition of that, I thought, well, if we want to kind of make a good play at the Patreon, if we want to give you content that you would want to see, what do we do? So, here's what we're doing. We did a poll for our patrons, and we've had most of them vote, and the choice was between three different topics for Lucas and I to do a second show, not related to Arthur, but kind of in the same wheelhouse. So the three choices were Canadian kids' shows, which would be us talking about the shows that aired for us in Canada. Some of them you might have seen before if you live elsewhere, and others you might not know about at all. But there's a lot of strange ones out there, and uh, there's a ton we can talk about with that. Saturday morning cartoons in general. Now, I'm a big fan, and I would recommend that you listen to What a Cartoon, which kind of talks about a similar thing. But in terms of sticking to Saturday morning cartoons, it's something a bit more uh, general, and there's a lot that we can talk about there. I have a lot of feelings about cartoons I watched on a Saturday morning. Then there was a third option, which is the winner of our poll and will be the subject of the show going forward. This will be a Patreon-exclusive show. We're still going to keep the every two weeks uh, release date for Elwood City Limits. But in the in-between weeks, we're going to be doing hopefully like a somewhat shorter show, but we're still going to have content. It's going to be the same sort of thing. We're going to talk about a television show and review uh, an episode. And this one is going to be PBS Kids Shows. We're going to be taking a look at the shows that aired on PBS Kids uh, that weren't Arthur. So a lot of those I watched along with Arthur as a kid. Lucas watched them. And we have a good spread from like the 90s into the 2000s when we would have been doing that. And we'll be taking a look at older ones as well. And my hope is is that we get to cover uh, each show and we'll do an episode from each show. So that's going to be happening starting in February. Now, I haven't decided yet on what the first episode is going to be about but we have a lot to choose from. So I'm going to be, you know, narrowing it down. And what I'm going to be asking from our patrons is once we figure out what uh, show we're doing for episode recommendations. Now, only from our patrons. I'm going to be asking the question over on our private Discord. So if you send me emails asking us to do this thing and you're not a patron, unfortunately, I'm not going to be heeding those. Now, you can change that, of course, by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And this, I'm also not going to change. I believe that we should be a pay what you want. So if you just want to pay a dollar a month and get access to this new show, 
You absolutely can. We're not going to do the tiered thing. We're not going to, you know, make you pay $5 for an extra show. I'm no shade to that, but I really, as much as I'm saying I want to rely more on Patreon, I also don't want to ask more of you than I think that you should be asked. Because I started do, I and Lucas started doing this because we wanted to, and we keep doing it because it's fun. And I don't want money to be the sole motivator. It is going to be a motivator, that's no doubt. But I also want to leave it up to you what you feel that we're worth. If it's a dollar, that's great. Like, that's a dollar more than I have now. And if it's more than that, it's really humbling to see what we, who, the amounts that have been donated to us uh, throughout the years. Um, so that's what's going to happen. Starting in February, we have a new, and I don't have a name for it yet either. So I might be workshopping that around in our private ECL Discord as well. Um, and if you want to get in that Discord, if you want to get access to this brand new show and all these other announcements that we, that we look to you to help us decide, patreon.com slash Limits. It takes as little as a dollar a month. And if you want to pay any more, if you feel that we have given you uh, entertainment worthy of more than that, then you can go right ahead. But you're the boss here. So I'm leaving it up to you. So that's going to be starting in February. It's exciting. Um I have a lot I have a lot more time to edit and record podcasts and that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Maybe even more so than being a writer, I want to keep podcasting. This is the most fun I've had doing anything in the last several years. It's definitely been more fun than a real job, quote unquote, a real job. And you guys are definitely better than any boss that I'll ever, ever have. So I'd much rather answer to you than anybody else. So one more time, that's patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And thank you. Thank you very much. Without taking the step into Patreon and proving that there is something of an audience out there for us i wouldn't be doing this so thank you that's what you can expect from us going forward and of course once we make our way through the pbs kids shows we'll probably be going back to well there are a few people who do want to see us do canadian kids shows and i promise those types of shows are going to be a lot of fun to record in fact uh lucas and i have been talking this is not like this i'm just letting you know right now this is unofficial we're not necessarily doing this we've been talking about another show that we could potentially do if we ever end up finishing elwood city limits uh so we will see about that so again thank you very much and i'm really excited for this new chapter of ecl and i hope that you'll join us too and if you want to keep listening for free please do that's always appreciated and in a and um Thank you again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so big life changes. All right, so that's what's going to be happening. Wanted to make sure that you guys got in on the ground floor and knew everything uh, at this, uh, basically the same time. Of course, if you're a patron, you knew this a little earlier. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of an ad break, and then we are going to come back. It's going to be me and Christine Lascody from the most recent episode of Elwood City Limits. We're going to be talking about a video visit from Mark Brown, which you can find this 11-minute uh, video on YouTube. And uh, we are going to be talking about it with uh, each other. And I'm really excited to see what Christine thinks. And I hope that you'll join us in just a moment after this. Support for Elwood City Limits is really easy. First of all, you can visit us and follow us on social media. You can go to facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits. On Twitter, you can follow us at ECL Podcast. We're also on Tumblr, elwoodcitylimits.tumblr.com. 
You can also go to our Instagram, Elwood City Limits. Follow us over there too. You can also contribute to us on a monthly basis over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. We have corresponding rewards for when we hit certain levels of patronage. So please, if you feel like you would like to donate financially to us, you're under no obligation to, but if you want to, patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Also, if you want to have a little bit of ECL on your person, go to teespring.com slash stores slash Elwood hyphen city hyphen limits hyphen store. Make a little rhyme out of it. <laughs> you can go over there and get a t-shirt, a hoodie, or a tank top with the Elwood City Limits logo on it. And we've got even more designs coming in real soon. So make sure to check back there. Finally, share this podcast with a friend who likes animation, who likes Arthur, or who just likes having fun. Sharing us on social media, sharing us with people you know, and sending in your emails to elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. All are fantastic ways to support us, and we thank you very much very much. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. Back once again after that little break there. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's a little bit of an unusual episode of Elwood City Limits because I think this might be the first time... Actually, I don't want to say that because I feel like I'll be immediately contradicted that we've had a guest on for two weeks uh, in a row. Once again, joining us is Christine Lescody. Hello. Welcome Welcome back to me. <laughs> I'm welcoming myself back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I well I feel very welcome after that. Christine, it's great to have you back. Again, Christine, you're a podcaster, you're I a am. writer, yes. and you're uh you're a lifelong Arthur fan. Lifelong, baby. Lifelong. And and so I I knew that I wanted to do something with this uh when I found it just completely randomly on YouTube and mm-hmm. thankfully I think I've found uh, the right person to talk about this with. So you, I think, I think you might have said you, that you've seen this video entitled "A Video Visit from Mark Brown" before. I have. Um, so I, I said before when I was on the show that I worked at my local library when I was a teenager, and we would play Arthur videos because I worked in the children's section of the library. And on one of the VHS tapes was this "A Visit from Mark Brown" video. Okay. Um, I cannot remember which one it was for the life of me, but that is my origin story with this video. <laughs> so the idea behind it, I'm guessing, is that they would play they they would play this video for kids. It almost seems like something you would put on in like maybe a classroom setting or something. Probably, I would assume so. Okay, because I, I I saw some of the YouTube videos on this this video uploaded by stupid underscore robot underscore pilot on YouTube that uh, you know they watched it in class or they were. Uh, um. Yeah, just kind of saw it through their teacher or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, definitely something that we put on, and it was one of the ones that I liked to put on the most because it was Arthur related. So I just needed all the Arthur in my life. Of course. Uh, all right. So we're just gonna we're gonna take a look at this right here. I mean, it is what it is. The entire idea is that it's live action, and we're taking a bit of a not so much a tour of Mark Brown's house, but kind of his creative space within his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found I found that pretty interesting. I mean, first of all, Mark Brown kind of greets us outside by his by his picket fence. A very unassuming fellow is uh, is Mark Brown. Seems that way for sure. Also very welcoming. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's always come across to me as very like soft spoken and kind. Um, this would have been right. It seems like it's right around the time that the first season would have aired. So he probably would have been. Uh, I'm just looking at, like and as a 2000 
uh, 20. He's 73 years old, so he probably would have been in like his uh, late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's he's got this. Um, he's got a baseball hat on, and you you were kind of talking a little bit about so the the derby sweater. Yes. Was was mystifying you a little bit. And it still is because I don't know the origin story of what Derby is. But uh, later on in the video, he talks about things that he hides in his books, which I'm sure we'll get to. Mm. But one of the things that he hides in his books is also Derby. So now I feel like the mystery is is so wide. I don't know what Mark Brown's connection is to Derby, but now I feel like it's like a lost thing. Like it's one of the yeah. mysteries that I must solve. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm I'm I have a feeling that maybe one of our listeners has a bit of an idea about what that might be. Um, so yeah, Mark Brown takes us into his house, and uh, we get a little bit of a tour of. Uh, there's a couple of like fireside shots of him talking mm-hmm. about his early life growing up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which he based he like he based a lot of Arthur on his own childhood experiences of like uh, Mr. Ratburn mm-hmm. was one of his teachers when he was growing up. Uh, Erie, Pennsylvania is meant to be like Elwood City. He even had a grandma Thora. Oh, and that was so cute when he talks about his he talks about his grandma Thora a few times in the video. And it it like. I was just picturing like cartoon Grandma Thora every time he talked about her. So at one point when he talks about her pulling out her false teeth to tell scary stories, I imagined <laughs> our cartoon Grandma Thora. <laughs> it's a very vi- yeah, it's a very vivid picture. Although Grandma Thora didn't, I don't. Oh, she does it. Yeah, she does have false teeth. She actually, does. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> just not mu- not much of a not much of a not much of a plot point to those false teeth become. Uh, at at a couple points in the video, as you kind of mentioned before, he he refers back. to to his kids who are kind of of varying ages um mm-hmm. he has um i believe it's i want to say it's two sons and a daughter yes two sons and a daughter tolan tucker and eliza eliza and uh eliza is the youngest as uh, the youngest of them all he takes us up to his like seems to be like his third floor maybe his attic uh of his house which is where he kind of has the arthur creative studio and this is for not so it doesn't really have as much to do with the tv show it's all about him creating the books so mm-hmm. he's 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 writing and he's uh, illustrating it as well i i loved i am in love with his home setup he's got this big open room with all of his supplies on this giant table he's got windows to a view it it looks like the ultimate home office setup it looks great giant bookcase with all of his like arthur memorabilia like scattered in there so cool it must be such a fun place to create like i can definitely see like the wholesomeness of creating in that space and he kind of takes us through uh through various parts so you see him first he's penciling in a sketch of arthur which uh you know a lot of illustrators are able to kind of bang those out really quickly I, i i know that he himself has done like I, I remember between Arthur episodes they would do like the tutorials of how to draw Arthur and how yeah. to draw DW and he could just do it super fast. I'm always impressed with how fast illustrators can just bang out a sketch of a character they've done like a million times. Have you tried to draw Arthur and DW from his like a, a video from Mark Brown things? You know I don't think I ever did. I should I should absolutely try and do that. I was just like oh yeah that like I've I've seen it but I never tried it for myself. Oh you know what you should do? You and Lucas should both draw it and put it on Twitter not say who did it and and have have everybody like vote who did it better Ooh, that's a good idea I'm stealing that one and uh, <laughs> uh and uh, we should invite should invite some other guests to do that as well 
Oh, absolutely. I'll see, I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can get this going. That's that sounds like a fun idea. <laughs> so yeah, he does he does uh he does kind of the pencil sketch and he's got the um the table with the light from below where he kind of does the inking, which is uh uh where he takes a pencil sketch and then he um this I I found really interesting cuz I used to be into illustration when I was um uh young much much younger. Um he inks it over and that's what that'll be the one he sends to the publisher and mm-hmm. in when he's inking he can uh uh make improvements on the pencil sketch mm-hmm. and this i've watched my husband my husband's a an animator so i've watched him toil over light boxes in the past <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting somebody who's a lifelong fan of arthur Married marries an, an animator. animator i met my husband because of a, a cartoon quote uh because of futurama he had a quote from futurama on like his online and i saw it and <laughs> well, which which quote was it uh as a head without a body i envy the dead <laughs> <laughs> that's a that, that's a nice one it's a deep pull uh and i can i can see i can see uh, how, how that can win somebody um and yeah kind of taking us through a bit more and that and eventually he puts the watercolors in always really like how um animated and bright how vivacious Mark Brown's illustrations are. They're always very like active and they seem very like positive. Yes. And you know, they're all like they're smiling or they've got their mouths open. Mm-hmm. And it's very a very inviting type type of illustration to read as a kid. And he's always got a lot of details too. Like you could stare at any or any Mark Brown illustration and find twelve things in the background that unless you were looking really, really hard, you might not notice, but they're like every aspect of it is so meticulously drawn and put in. It's it's really nice. I I wrote a note that I would watch an entire half hour video of just him drawing, like call it the joy of Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be great. I would love it. The joy of Arthur. It's just um, relaxing. Yeah, very much so. And it's just, it's just nice to see a professional do their work well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a there's a point he made here because we, I mentioned that a lot of Arthur comes from Mark Brown's life as a kid, but then he also mentions that some of the situations came from uh, things that his own kids uh, kind of got up to when they were young. And uh, he's like, the story of Arthur's tooth happened with one of my sons. And that led me to that led me to ask. So, like in a way, you could say that Arthur is kind of the author stand-in for Mark Brown, if there is one. But do you think, in a way, Dad Reed is the Mark Brown insert character? I mean, I think at some point he had to be. He had to turn into like. It's almost like is Mark Brown like a compilation of both of them? But- yeah. Like and and kind of echoing in that way. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, his experiences as a kid are. You know, his first even if you look at Mark Brown, he looks a little bit like the like this iteration of Arthur that we're used to seeing on the cartoon, not the original one. The original one looks a little bit more like an aardvark. But, um, you know, they even look very similar. So it's almost like I wonder if he's thinking of his kids and then he's also thinking, well, wait, what did my dad say? What would I say? And and it's it it becomes like an amalgam of all of it. Mm-hmm. It's at this point, uh, like the back half of the video is um, essentially Mark Brown taking us through a kind of abbreviated recap of the Arthur Writes a Story episode, which first of all, I'm all for because we get to see <laughs> some of that wonderful character design and coloring from the first season, which, yes. I mean, again, it's it's showing my age and I feel like, I like listen, 
<laughs> and if you've listened to the show, I absolutely adore the first season, and it's because it was part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. But also, I just feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of character to the more. I, I, I suppose rougher in a way, yeah. But the the more original drawings of yeah, that, and of course, absolutely. not not meaning to negatively compare it to the season we're on or the seasons that got away from traditional animation. There's just something there. There's a lot of there's a lot of life. There's a lot of character. There's a lot of spirit mm-hmm. in watching these, and and I haven't watched them since we watched them for the show, which would have been three years, three and a half years ago. So it's really it, it really just. It puts me it puts me in a positive mood to watch an old episode like this. Anytime I watch an old episode of Arthur for and I've been trying to put on a lot of them for my daughter and it anything anytime they just they make me so happy. It's they almost feel more vibrant than the ones that are are out now. There's just like you said there's just a life a livelihood to them, a lifelikeness, you know, fun and even though they're a little rough they're just they they're comforting in a way, and I think it's because it's what you're used to as a kid, and it's that that comfort that you seek as a kid, and it's that TV show, and you still feel that now as an adult watching it so many years later. Right. Um, yeah. So, and it it literally is like it'll it'll cut from like Mark Brown reading the Arthur writes a story book to a clip from the episode, and um, it's an interesting way to kind of uh, re-experience it. And speaking of re-experiencing it, if you want to uh, listen to mine and Lucas's long-form thoughts on Arthur Writes a Story, that's all the way back in season one. Uh, in fact, the audio quality might sound better because we were in a professional radio studio at the time. <laughs> but I, this this kind of makes me wonder, uh, Christine, you have two different podcasts. Do you ever listen to you? Do you ever listen back to your older episodes, like for fun? Um, some of them. Some. Sometimes I I avoid it at all costs because of how bad audio quality was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I it's also, I think, good because it's nice to go back and see how you've grown as a person and how you've grown as a podcaster and how your style has evolved over time. So, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. But for the most part, I cringe a lot when I go back and listen to old episodes. <laughs> Like I don't mean to, I don't mean to to toot to toot the podcast horn or anything. I just every once in a while I'll be like, I kind of want to watch that Arthur episode again. Actually, I kind of want to hear what I had to say about it and me and Lucas. But that's not so much me being like, oh, my opinion's amazing. It's like I my memory is famously terrible, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember what I said. So let me just see if I agree with myself from like two or three years ago. I mean, I just finished listening to all of your old episodes, and I I. I think you guys are all still in point. I don't. I don't see anything different from then to now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this was uh, this was a video put on by the Trumpet Club because that's a, yes. that's kind of that's pretty much the end of the little video here. It's only about ten minutes long. Um, I'm not f- super familiar with the Trumpet Club. Uh, I'm, j- I'm actually just looking them up right now. Uh, <laughs> it looks to be looks to be a publisher, so I guess maybe an Arthur publisher, probably of the time. So I mean, I think we were we both feel pretty positive about this whole thing, and that's what I love about these kind of art, the kind of Arthur ephemera yeah. that have comprised. You know, if you listen to our previous episodes of ECL presents, and it's all about like weird Arthur content that we've found <laughs> that kind of doesn't categorize under the main show. And it's always kind of fun to visit in its own way. This was very, you know, the ones before have been kind of like, oh, this is strange. This is weird. Or like, this is off the wall. This was 
like, this is comforting. This is like putting on a blanket. This it is really very is. Like, cozy. And then he he does at one point, um, he gives advice to like kids who want to grow up and be authors and kids who want to grow up and be illustrators. And I mean, he gives the most wholesome advice and the most comforting advice, like just like that a dad would give. Like, well, if you want to be an author, you read a lot of books, write down stuff in your journal. And I'm like, man, that's the kind of advice that like 36 year old Christine still needs to hear about. <laughs> like when you have a goal that you want to do, here's this here's the simple advice that you can do and you're going to be successful or you could be successful. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm like, maybe I should just put the energy out into the universe uh, I think Lucas is a big believer in that. I would love to interview Mark Brown someday for the podcast. I think that's the biggest get that uh, that we can hope for. Have you reached so, out to his people? You know, I never have. It's it's and that's and that's on and that's on and that's on me. I kind of did a did one a few years ago of like for the voice actors and stuff like that. But I yeah, I should. I, I get a, I get a little shy about that. But, oh uh, no, definitely do it. I think, well, you know what, Christine, maybe maybe I will since since you've made the suggestion <laughs> and we'll see where it goes from there. So, yeah, this was just kind of uh, fun to take a look at. And uh, so, Christine, thank you very much for uh, for viewing for viewing this with me. It was great to have you on again. Absolutely. hundred percent. And of course, if anybody hasn't listened to your episode yet, can you please let everybody know where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chrissy Marie 47. Uh, you can listen to my podcast about Heart of Dixie. It's called Long Live the Heart. And you can find that on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on Libsyn. Uh, or if you want to listen to me talk about TV couples, we uh, host The Shipping Room. And that is uh, on pretty much everywhere where you can download your podcasts. All right, Christine, thanks again. It was great to hear from you, and hopefully it won't be too long till uh, we hear from you again. Absolutely. I, anytime. Absolutely anytime. And, I, I mean, I uh, you recently tweeted out about if somebody had seen a uh, a Rachel Bilson TV show. Unfortunately, I hadn't. I, I was like, <laughs> oh, there's my shot to be on the shipping room or uh, on, on one of your podcasts. Hopefully hopefully we can find the way in for, for me or for Lucas one day. Oh, absolutely. I will come up with something. Excellent. All right. My name is Will Young. That's the end of Elwood City Limits for this week. Coming up next week, Lucas and I are going to be back at it. Once again, if you are not aware, our next episodes are Arthur Ways In and The Law of the Jungle Gym, which I believe are Christine approved. They are approved. All right. They're good ones. So, so we will see you then. My name is Will Young. And for Christine Lascody. Bye, guys. We'll see you next time.